Welcome to TikToking. I'm Kevin Hughes, and man, it is TikToking after dark today, folks, because my guest is a professor at California State University, and you know what she teaches? Sex education. And we get deep into it, and we talk about all kinds of different fun stuff, and if you like the sexy talk, then you're going to love this episode. So, my guest is Dr. Tara. And Dr. Tara doesn't hold back whatsoever. When it comes to sex, she knows it all. So, without further ado, here is Dr. Tara right here on TikToking. <laughs> Enjoy this one. TikToking, TikToking. Where creators come to play. TikToking, a TikToking. Find out what they have to say. TikToking, a TikToking. Fascinating interview. TikToking, a TikToking. TikToking with Kevin Hughes. Please welcome Dr. Tara. How are you? orgasmic how are you oh, i'm fantastic as well <laughs> and, and i just want to start off by saying so i came across you on your live and i was very fascinated by your topics and i was like whoa what is this all about and then i started watching your content and i i, I was impressed i mean I hadn't heard of this, I guess, type of profession before. And I guess, can you kind of explain to the listeners what you do for a living? Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. I wear so many hats, but mainly I am a sex professor. I'm a professor at California State University, Fullerton. Uh, I'm a tenured professor there and I teach sexuality there. Um, and when I started you know, my social media, I did not think that it would like blow up, but you would be surprised how much people need sex education that they did not get anywhere. Uh, so when I started my TikTok, I just thought, oh, you know, I want to start just doing sex education on TikTok. And I didn't think about like, oh, monetizing or growing or having a brand. Uh, but then I realized like people loved it. So now I'm a sex educator on TikTok and I also am a sex coach. I have a private practice here in Los Angeles and I help couples and individuals overcome different sexual challenges. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. And when you say sex education in a college, I mean, usually you think of sex education in like a middle school or late elementary even. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the difference, I guess, between a college setting and something like a mil uh, middle school setting when it comes to sex education? Yeah, so my college class is, it's, it's 18 plus. So it's all like fair game. And we talk about everything from anatomy, from sexual health, to dirty talk, pillow talk, uh, to orgasms, to how do you communicate uh, before, during, and after sex. Uh, we also talk about alternative sexual relationships like uh, swinging, open relationships. We talk about uh, sex clubs. We talk about different sexual settings like orgies, um, gangbangs. <laughs> we talk about 
<laughs> we talk about technology use. So like porn, um, and now we have like VR. Um, so yeah, we cover we cover a lot over the 16 months of a college class. Wait, did you just say there's VR porn? <laughs> Kevin disappears for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, there is. So now you can wow. wear a headset and it looks like you're fucking someone. Weird. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Huh. I've seen some. It's like, so for you, for a guy, it's like you wear it and it looks like there's a girl sitting on you while you like jerk off. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> that's different. Yeah. Technology. <laughs> I mean, I usually keep up with technology, but I will admit that I am, I haven't, messed with the vr stuff as as much yet and i had no clue that that was even an option not that i'm looking to do that <laughs> i'm just saying i didn't realize that that was even out there do you have a partner <laughs> you have a girlfriend or her wife i do have a wife yes okay do you guys like do kinky stuff <laughs> um sometimes yeah i mean it's not so when they're when we have children as well so it's not like it would be, I guess, if... It's hard, right? Because they're around. It is. Yeah. But I mean, we still have fun and we still like ha have adventurous relations, you know, and it's... Uh, Love that. Yeah. And we try, but I mean, sometimes, I mean, I'll be honest, she's more tired than I am at the end of the day, but I mean, it's a lot when you have work and, uh, and then you have kids involved and yeah. just getting them all situated. But I mean, we still, like, I have no complaints, so that's a good thing. <laughs> That's nice because yeah. a lot of people in their 30s and 40s uh, experience sexual difficulties and do mm. have complaints. So yeah. it's nice to hear that you're sexually satisfied. And, and are you married as well? I am engaged. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And I have to ask, so, so no children, right? No, no children yet. Okay. And what makes you or what made you want to study this profession and teach this profession? Yeah, um, I've so I'm originally from Thailand and mm. I came here as an international student. For those of you that don't know much about Thailand, it is even though one of the most popular destinations for sex tourism, unfortunately, it is very sexually conservative. Um, so growing up, I was sexually repressed. No one talks about sex, not even at school. Um, parents don't talk about sex and, you know, uh, adults in Thailand, they don't show that much affection. Like they're pretty conservative. So I remember when I was young, like, you know, I was, I was a horny little kid. Like I was in middle school and I was very curious already, um, but I went into an all-girls school, and so my first sexual experience was with a girl. And I mean, honestly, like ever since then, I have always felt like I was more interested in sex than my peers. And so mm. when I approached the time of like going to graduate school, um, I just thought, you know, if I was studying relationships, I would be better at relationships because by then I had like 10 boyfriends. I was like, I would be better at relationships if I was studying relationships. So that's how I started in graduate school. I, start, I studied relationships and like how to interact in relationships effectively. And then as I dive deeper uh, into the studies, like research of on relationships, I realized one of the top 
challenges that long-term couples have is sex. So ever since then, I just thought I will spend the rest of my life studying and teaching and talking about sex. Also, I, you know, like I said, I was in multiple relationships and they weren't like successful. I just thought like, you know, if I was having these like sex issues and I felt sexually repressed and I didn't know how to have an orgasm, how many millions of people have this? And who is helping them now? So yeah, that's kind of like my like pivotal moment of well, I'll be that person. Mm. So you said from a young age you've always had a higher sex drive. Has that yeah, changed? I was a horny little kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, has that changed into your adult life, bro? What do you think? <laughs> I- I'm guessing not because I mean, hearing all the stories every day, all day, it probably brings all kinds of like different thoughts and fantasies probably into your relationship. Cause you're like, Oh my God, this kid at school told me this, we got to do it. You know what I mean? And am exactly. I wrong? I mean, I, okay. no, you're not. You're exactly right. And you know what you just said demonstrated uh, is demonstrated in research. There's multiple studies that show the more you talk about sex, the more higher quality sex you're going to have because you can't just remove it from your life and like not talk about it at all and then try to have amazing sex. Like sex has yeah. to be a part of life. Yes, no, I agree 100%. What has, I guess, inspired you the most about the sex topic like what is it that just drives you in that always like makes you want more and can't get enough of it not um, not not necessarily having sex but the topic of sex oh uh honestly what has been the most rewarding for me is seeing positive changes in people's sex life Mm. that's been the most rewarding for me. And that kept me like going and wanting to talk about sex, wanting to teach more people, reach more people because I've seen incredible change. I mean, I've coached a couple from almost divorcing to now like having sex three, four times a week. And is like, they're passionate again. I seeing wow. that I was like, honestly, I'm just gonna share this with you. This has, it's not a secret, but I really have never shared it with anyone. The first time I saw a change in a couple was the mm-hmm. first time I was like, holy shit, I can really do this. So before that, I actually did not know for sure, but I'm always confident. So I'm like, I think I can help. I think I can help. Right. But I didn't have proof. Like I wasn't, you know, I, there's no, it's not factual because there's no proof. And then after that first time, which is a couple years now, um, that first time I saw a couple change, I was like, holy shit, this works. Like I can help them really. And there's proof. And this, I'm looking at them right now. And it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And it also reminds me of like, never just let go. Right. Like always, yeah keep on working on myself and, you know, motivating my partner and consistently have like good passion in our relationship. So even though some people on TikTok, when I go live, they always go, well, wait till you have children. Um, I can almost guarantee that even after we have children, I don't think we're going to go off like 
no sex for six months, like some couples, you know, uh, because yeah. it's so important to me and right. I reinforce it in him. Yeah. And I think it would be six months. That's a long time. I mean, Ooh, that's not I, that I, long. I, I coach a couple right now. Haven't had sex for three years. Wait, what? Three years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Is it, is it, is there struggles in their marriage or is it just they don't want to or? Um, I think that they haven't had sex for three years. They've been married for 15. They haven't had sex for the last three years because uh, he travels a lot for work. And when he's back and she's there, they just didn't get to it. And it it's not their priority. So mm. they kind of fell out of it. And now they're t- too anxious to get back to it. So they reached out to me uh, to be their sex coach. But it's, you know, as much as you would think it's crazy, uh, statistically, uh, couples who have been married for over five years only have sex on average once in three to four weeks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. And I want to rewind just for a second before we get too far in. But you had said your first sexual partner was with a female. So yeah. are are you bisexual? Yeah, I or am. You are bisexual. Okay. Yeah. And so um with your your fiance, how does um I, I'm I'm assuming if he was like me, he'd be like, "Oh, that's completely fine." So do you Yeah. <laughs> do you guys do you guys introduce other females into I guess your relations sometimes? Yeah, we're open for most things. Well, I'm open to everything, but he's open to most things. And we, yeah, so we explore and it's nice. Yeah. It's nice to not have to, because I was in, you know, previous relationships where my partner was very intimidated by the fact that I'm very sexual and I'm very assertive. But my current partner is completely fine and is you and you know encourages me to try different things. So it's really nice. Uh, he's also sexual, so it's it's nice all around. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so would you guys consider yourself swingers or more of just uh, what happens? What ha- is what happens type of couple? So what you said about what happens is what what happens uh, in our field in sexology we call it monogamish. Okay. Yeah. So there's a term for it. So we're not technically like open because we don't just like fuck anyone. Um, there's a lot mm-hmm. of like communication and mutual participation, but we're also can't say we're swingers because it's not like we always go to these like swingers club or resort or swingers cruise right because i feel like when you are swingers it's like a whole lifestyle that you participate so i don't want to like take that away from them because we don't do that enough Uh, i would say we're monogamish so we are socially um, monogamous Uh, we are in a committed relationship where it's just the two of us However, we are able to have sex with other people when it's agreed upon. Okay. Yeah, yeah and it doesn't happen a that... lot. That's why we say monogamish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, I like that term. I, yeah, I, like, you know, if like once that. a year you want to go to a sex party, um, you should be able to. Like, you only live once. And what do you feel about, I guess, or I'm sorry, let me rewind. <laughs> 
<laughs> when you when you, you're in class, you're stuck with monogamous. You're like, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that term. <laughs> but, but I was gonna ask when you're in class. Obviously, with some people, they're very conservative and shy when talking about this topic. What do you do as a professor to make them comfortable in that setting and be able to talk to you freely? Yeah, I love this question. So first day of class, I always have these slides where I call them foundations. And it's like what class is about and how you are going to maximize your learning. And it talks about how, you know, participation is something that uh, is needed in this class because the class is only fun and engaging when students are in on it. And I use the rule of reciprocity. So when I ask students to share a story or an opinion or preference, I always share mine first. And then I ask my TA to share next because they're more experienced. And then after that, typically, you know, students that are more outspoken will share. And then after a while, people get really comfortable. I just taught yesterday. So I teach every Wednesday at four. And, um, and it's like a two hour, 45 minute class. It's a long lecture. And we were talking nonstop. Like everyone was talking nonstop. We were talking about sex clubs. We were talking about um, dirty talk and what we like to hear during dirty talk. Some of the stuff my students said is awesome. And I'm like, I'm going to use that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're really good. Like, do you, do you like dirty talk? Do you like hearing it? I do. Yeah. Do you like saying it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm what open do you, to what all do you, What's that, your yeah. favorite thing to hear? Oh, I don't know necessarily if I have a favorite. Honestly, it's it's kind of a spur of the moment type of deal with me. And if I don't know, like I think when it comes from somebody you love, at least for me, like it doesn't really matter what it is exactly. Just as long as it pertains to what we're doing at the moment. Yeah, you know. I, oh I, I, yeah, it's. And I haven't been single in so long that I couldn't tell you that if someone else was doing it, that was just like a, <laughs> a fun get together or whatever. Like, I don't even know what would be my favorite, but I mean, I think it's, I think it's just the fact that in that moment of intimacy, it's just, if you're saying, you know, like give it to me or, or something mm-hmm. just like that, you're just like, it, like, it's just a big turn on just anything really mm-hmm. that pertains to that moment. So so my female students, majority of my female students said this one thing is their favorite thing to hear. Uh, and it's, <laughs> uh, you're such a good girl. <laughs> really? Yeah. And they said they love it when they're, you know, fucking and going rough. And the guy says, you're such a good girl. You're who's a good girl. Uh, a lot of them said that they love that and they think it's hot. And they were like, Dr. Tara, what's the recent thing that you said? Like, what has been one of the recent things that you said? And I said, literally just the weekend before, we were doing some kinky stuff and, you know, some some straps and a leash involved. And I told my partner, like, get on, get on your fucking knee and lick my pussy. And they were all laughing their asses <laughs> off. And they were like... <laughs> Dude, that's so hot. And everyone started clapping. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And I just, that was such a beautiful moment. I can't believe I get to be a sex professor and teach in college and say that in yeah. class. <laughs> that, and that's good. That was going to be my response. It's like, you're probably the only teacher that could get away with saying something like that. And how cool is your job to where how you cool. get to get, yeah, you get to get paid to go in and have these conversations and not only educate others, but also be educated yourself in your yeah. own relationship. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. My, so I'm, I'm blessed and I'm very yeah. thankful every day. One of the things that my students share, like an act of sexual initiation that they thought was hot was like when a girl is in a ponytail, her hair in a ponytail, but like she gets naked and like she gets, you know, on her knees on top of the guy that's like sitting on a couch and then like take the ponytail off and then kind of like just spread her hair around and like move her titties. <laughs> and they were like, that's so fucking hot. And I was like, damn, that is really hot. I'm going to use that tonight with my partner. <laughs> oh, almost like a strip tease. Yeah. I feel like I learn a lot from them too because they're young okay. and they have vibrant sex life and it's fun. Right. Yeah. And going back to the girls that say, oh, they like to be called, you're, you're such a good girl. Do mm -hmm. you think that has to do with, um, uh, what is that called? Uh, dominatrix is that is that the right terminology oh like submission yeah, yeah i think um bdsm okay i think that a lot of women modern women are so incredibly like you know just awesome they're so incredibly awesome but they're also really busy and they all work really hard right like most of them you know they have a career and they try to go for it and they uh they assert a lot of energy in that realm like the career mm -hmm. realm i think for you like let's say you're a heterosexual female and all day you're just trying to be like boss ass bitch when you come home and you have sex you want to be taken care of and you want to submit and you want to get affirmations as you submit, right? So when you do submit and you have sex and you're being submissive, if your partner says like, like good girl, you're a good girl, take this dick. <laughs> it feels like you're, you know, being submissive and you can finally kind of just let go and let, let the man take the wheel, and not be a boss ass bitch for once because like i said modern women like we all work and we work really hard mm -hmm. so i think in the bedroom it's kind of nice um for the majority of the time for someone to assert the energy although i know men work hard too but i think it's in men's nature to be more dominant sure right yeah and Do that you makes feel sense. like you're definitely dom dominating in bed I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think so. I think it's just like in nature, like for women and men to kind of just assume natural, like in bed role. Doesn't mean that some women just love dominating, like for a while, and you know, be kinky and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so with that, why did you bring this to TikTok? Like, what? What, um, I guess, motivated you to think that 
TikTok was the place that you wanted to bring this kind of content to? Because TikTok um, has all these young adults that have had zero sex education and have no clue how to have sex. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's the best place. It's the best place. It's their starting place. You know, when people leave a comment like, you're corrupting the youth. I don't think so. I think I give them power and vocabulary to choose for themselves. I'm not saying you should go and have sex with 30 people right now. I never say that. I always say right. like these, you know, of course, like dirty, fun things to do. But it doesn't mean you have to go do it right now. Just do it when you're comfortable. But I think with the knowledge and... um skill building information you can feel more comfortable and confident approaching sex and tiktok is just a great place to do that because there's a lot of young adults on there um it's also really fun because when you know when when people leave comments you can kind of get a feeling if they are receiving it and learning it and even if people just say like oh <laughs> or um for real, right? Like, what do what do Gen Z say? They say "fr," which is like for real. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then even even with that kind of feedback, I know that they are receiving information, and it makes me happy that just more people are becoming more like sexually confident. Yeah, and I will admit that I personally think that if a male tries to do what you do on TikTok it's not going to be received the same way. You know, men right. will be looked at like, oh, you're a pig or why are you? You're a pervert. You? <laughs> exactly. But as a woman, I'm sure for you, all your feedback is very positive because I think it's more comforting to hear a female say that because in all reality, men are more horny than women. Majority, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it just, I think it's nice for people to hear, a woman talk about it and they feel more comfortable. That's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, thank you for saying that. That makes me feel really good. I do think that because of, you know, my identity and my position and being, you know, an, a, an educated, like a valid source, I do think it helps a lot. And a lot of people ask me like, how come your account is not banned? And I said, I think, you know, I show all of my credentials and you can look at my LinkedIn. You can, I am legitimately a professor with a PhD and I teach this class in college. And as much as I, of course, don't want a 10 year old watching this, a 10 year old shouldn't have a fucking phone anyways. Yeah. <laughs> right. But if you're in high I school, agree. if you're 16, 17, you're about to have sex anyway. So why not learn and get information from a legitimate source and choose for yourself? I never tell people that they have to have sex now. I just tell people what right. happens during sex and how to make it more enjoyable. Whenever you want it is when you want it. Right. And I completely agree with that, what you just said, because I have always been one and my wife as well. We teach them, our children, when they're younger about everything we let, mm -hmm. you know, we are very open. We say, you know, we know what's going to happen. We were teenagers and for both my wife and I, we had to hide it from our parents, you know, like it was mm. very secretive. Like we would 
we would feel like we would get in trouble or we would be grounded or some, some sort of consequence would happen. And we didn't want, we knew how stressful that was. And we didn't want our children to feel that kind of stress in that situation. We just want them to know, yes, you're going to do it, but be safe about it and do it, you know, correctly as far as, you know, don't force anybody. If they don't want to do it, just be prepared for that. You know, don't let your body take control of your mind and do something you're going to regret later. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we try to teach them everything that, that comes along with it and the right way of doing it. And, what kind of outcome could happen if you're not safe about it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we have a 17 year old and we always tell him, you know, you have to use protection. You do not want to be in a situation where you're 17 and you have a child. I mean, not saying that anybody who has been in that situation is wrong or, or regrets it or anything like that. I just think that you have such a long life to live. Mm-hmm. Don't start it too early. You know, if you don't have to. I 100% support you for, you know, teaching them that because like, of course, you're not going to say, oh, I completely regret my whole life because I had a baby when I was 17. Like, no, you're not going to say that. Like you people make do what with what's happening to them. But is it true that life's easier if you don't have a kid at 17? Hell yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's definitely easier. It's, you know, it's definitely more opportunities. Uh, definitely easier to achieve higher because you don't have that type of responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. And oh, yeah. I, in, in like sex education, uh, we show this like particular number of like how much it costs to have a baby for like first five years, 10 years, and then 18, because then after 18, they can leave. And they're always and like, years big like ass numbers. Like, yeah. <laughs> Five, I think 18 six years digits. is like 600,000. Yeah, yeah. It, it it adjusts based on where, right? It like right. in oh, LA, yeah, it's like a million. So we often say, do you have this money? Yeah. <laughs> do you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because if you don't, you don't want to have kids. And, you know, poor judgment for like once or twice. Like, thank God there's medicine, not God, scientists. <laughs> Well, thank both God and scientists for medicine, like plan B, right? Like back in the days, there were so many freaking children um, or women dying from these like botched abortion where Mm -hmm. now if you have made a mistake uh, and you quickly go to, you know, a drugstore to get a plan B, then you are majority most of the time protected. Like you're good. And, you know, hopefully you don't have to do that because plan B is not that is not great for a female body, Um, but it's there and you don't have to get pregnant. So I told my students, like, you know, there's no shame if you were if you made a mistake, if you were like in the moment and you made a mistake and you have to go get plan B, just go get plan B ASAP. But know that a lot of plan B will fuck with your body and you don't want that for the long run. What if like in, what if when you are 28 or 30, you want to have a child and you can't because for some reason, you know, you fucked up like with your body. You don't want that. So ultimately it is a, a, what's the word? Like balancing game of being very sex positive and, you know, giving them space to come talk to you and say like, hey, I completely understand. You're teenagers. You're, you're going to get right. horny. That's science. Like, it's hormones. Mm-hmm. You can't help. However, 
you know, there are real consequences uh, to yeah. having these dangerous sex and you're not ready. So just uh, make sure you make the wise decisions. Yeah. And the other thing we let them know too is, so like I said, when, when I say for me, when I was younger, it was almost like the, sex was made a bigger deal than it really is. I think to the way I try to parent is ultimately sex is fun. And it's okay mm-hmm. to have that fun. You know, I mean, I think that if it's consensual, then why not do it? If you're safe, I mean, have fun. You know what I mean? You're I, doing I, I wanna... so good comparing to like most parents I talk to. You are doing amazing. Well, and I try to because, you know, I know that feeling of, oh my God, I got to keep this secret. And and we do the same thing with drinking. You know, we, we don't mm-hmm. condone drinking, but... If, like I said, they're teenagers, if they go and they're going to have a few drinks, I would rather them call me, let me know that they've had a few drinks, I need a ride, rather Mm -hmm. than trying to hide it, get behind the wheel because they're scared to call us and then something worse happens. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we try to to parent in that way in, in the fact of just because people, other people look at it as a wrong or sinful thing. Don't always believe that. I mean, in my beliefs, the way I believe now, like I said, sex is fun. Drinking with buddies is fun. But if you do it in a responsible way, then mm-hmm. I don't, I, ne- I honestly don't see any problem with it. I love that. I love that. I think that's great parenting. And I plan to do the same is sex is fun. <laughs> and mm-hmm. is what I do too. It's kind of like, I don't know. Have you seen Sex Education? It's a TV series on Netflix. I have not. I, I know there was a movie. Yeah. With, so there's uh, a show called Sex Education. It's British. Okay. And there, oh, okay. it's this high school boy. And his mom is a sex therapist. So I figured like my daughter or son will be like the, <laughs> that guy Otis like at school. Well, dude, my mom's a sex therapist or sex coach. Uh, if you have questions, just let me know. <laughs> I know all the yeah. answers. <laughs> I am going to be, yeah, I'm going to be very sex positive. I won't stop them from having sex because we know all too well that when you hit that puberty, that's all you think about. <laughs> right. Now, I know as a parent, with having that open relationship with our children, we get asked some pretty, you know, sometimes difficult questions for us to swallow to answer so i'm curious with you talking with students all day what are some of the the strangest questions that come across to you oh there was this one girl who came up to me this was this was two years ago and i was in a lecture hall and we were done and she waited around after everyone left and she came up to me and she said dr tara can i ask you a very personal question and i said (laughs) Okay, if it's, I have to tell you, if it's about assault, I, I am obligated to report it because sure. I'm, I'm a part of this university. I have to report it. She's like, no, 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 no. It's not that. It's about my body. <laughs> and I go, okay, if you trust me. Um, and good thing it's a few years back now. I don't think that, sh- you know, we can identify the person. So I don't think should mind I share it. But she yeah. was very serious, very serious. And then she's like, whispering she goes i have two pussies is that normal (laughs) 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> it, Have you ever seen it? No, no, absolutely. Not. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm trying to envision like what she's like, like she actually does or she mistaken another part. <laughs> like the I, asshole. I mean, I, like, <laughs> well, not necessarily, but I mean, there's two holes in a woman, right? One that, I mean, like yeah, but the, the urethra the urethra is like, is that hole is like, it's barely a hole. Hers is right. whole. So huh. what happens is she just has a pronounced um, hymen, pronounced hymen, or like basically it's just a piece of skin that exists right through the vaginal opening. So she does uh, not have two vaginas. She has one vagina, but it has that skin in the middle. So she has two holes. Gotcha. So it leads <laughs> to the same place. There's just a little bit of a room divider. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. A partition, okay. if you will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was, to me, was pretty shocking because I think, I mean, I don't even know if there's statistics about it, but it's so minimal. Like there's rarely anyone. So for her to come up to me and she was very in distress, like she's like, I haven't had sex. Like she's, she's like, I'm a virgin. I haven't had sex. I am too afraid to have sex because someone will think I'm a freak. I watch some porn and no girl has what I have. So, hmm. yeah. I wonder in that, in that situation, I mean, you would think that that would possibly be an option to have removed, right? Through surgery. Yeah. Yeah. I think she just I'm, hasn't consulted anyone. Sure. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that would be a, you know, like if I had, well, I think if I had two penises, I'd almost be proud of that. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, True. I think when it comes. <laughs> You'd be like, I dude, I have two. What would you do though? You would have to. Well, um, it depends on the setting. If they're setting like stacked <laughs> on top, I mean, you could, right? What if it's I mean, like this? That, yeah, that'd be a little bit more difficult, I think. <laughs> if it's stacked, I, then you can have double penetration. Right. That's what I was thinking. I guess that that's that's where my mind was, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what if it's like horizontal, like if sideways? That would be very uh, difficult. You'd have to like have sex and jerk off. <laughs> Yeah, or tape them together and just make it that much thicker. I don't know. Tape them together. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they sell that tape. I don't yeah, I don't think so. But hey, there's an invention. You heard it first right here. <laughs> to, to be made. <laughs> oh, Hi, my name is Kevin Hughes, crazy. and I sell dick tapes. <laughs> yes. Hey, you never know. I bet. I wonder how many. People out there actually have a condition like that. I don't know. A lot of people have three nipples, though. True. This is true. Yeah. Yes, I have heard that. You, yeah, and do it's you weird have because three nipples? No, I have two. Oh. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg has three nipples. Does he really? Uh-huh. He's uh, pretty oh vocal about it. <laughs> I am going to let my wife know that. That is her biggest celebrity crush Really? Ever. Oh my gosh, she is absolutely in love with Mark Wahlberg. Have you guys had Wahlburger? Else. No, you know we we don't have not anyway. Not that I'm aware of. We don't have it here in Colorado. We're here in Colorado, but oh, beautiful! I she, yeah, I know she would love to to have it though, and I think more than anything, she would hope that that particular day he was there. But I don't know what the odds yeah. would be. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so other than TikTok, do you have, I'm, I'm looking at your setup now, you have a backdrop, you have a really nice microphone, 
Do you have a podcast as well? Yes, I have a oh. sexploration podcast called Love Bites. It's the same name as my TikTok and Instagram. It's actually I started my um, I started my podcast first. Mm, okay. And then I realized, well, there's no way to send people to my podcast if I'm not on social media. So, uh, right. so then I started my TikTok, and it became very popular. Um, and then I was able to send more people to my podcast to listen to episodes longer, like long, more information about the topic they're interested in. So, like, if it's a post about erections and like premature ejaculation, right, on TikTok, then I'll then I'll say like, you know, if you want to learn more i have like a 45 minute episode all about harder erections so you should go listen to that i can't do a 45 minute video on tiktok so just go listen to my podcast so ever since then it's just it's been like a really good strategy um doing short form content on tiktok and then you know for anyone who's interested you can go listen to my podcast yeah yeah i'm definitely interested and i will uh I will probably start listening as of tonight. I would like to More hear some stuff. of your episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up the premature ejaculation. So I'm curious, how common is it for you to be asked that question? Is it is it a pretty common, uh, I guess, ordeal with younger younger people? Every day. I get this really? question every day. Wow. And, and uh-huh. do you mind me asking what your answer to them is? Uh, general, it depends on how long their question, like how much context they give me. Uh, if they're just like how to last longer, uh, there's so many ways. There's supplements you can take. There's exercises you can do. There's certain um, foods that are supposed to like help you uh, with like retention. But all in all, I would just say, you know, <laughs> masturbate before you go have sex. Because these are young people and maybe they're about to go on a date or go over to a girlfriend's house. If you are too nervous, you will come in 10 seconds. Sure. Like that's just normal. That's what happened with like my boy, like my first couple of boyfriends when we were young is they were nervous and, you know, they were really excited and it was very sexual. So they came really fast and it's just such a normal, unshameful thing. So I said, just clean your pipe, clear your pipe before you go. And <laughs> that's just like uh, science, right? Like you come first and the second time it typically takes longer. Oh yeah. And and not only that, but like, I mean, when you're in your late teens, early twenties, you're walking Viagra. I mean, you can, yeah. <laughs> you could basically get that thing up and going after 10 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's yeah. like, it's but like you a know, nonstop. The, that fact makes young boys who make like a, like 18 year olds who do have ED, like very ashamed because the fact that your hormones should push you to have an erection like anytime, all the time. So when you're young, you're like 21, 24 and you have ED, it's like extra shameful. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm really I don't know. I'm kind of jealous of your your position and your <laughs> career. I I think it would be so much fun. Like I never too late. You can get a certificate to become a sex coach or sex educator and just start. Okay. Well, and I'm curious. So 
for a student that's in your class, do they take this as more of a, like an elective, like a mm-hmm. want to take it, or it, it is more of an elective, so it's not a, necess- a necessity to graduate? It used to be an elective. I think it's becoming general education, like a GE. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's really good. It used to be an elective. I think that, I think that it's becoming um, general education. It should. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I feel like there should be a class about sex and relationship, a class about finances and taxes, right? A class yes. about like how to have a car and a house. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. And there should be definitely uh, uh, like a, did you say finance class? Yeah, like taxes yeah. and finance. Yeah. Well, yeah, just being it, man, it, like money management. I think yeah. that is would be a super important class, and um, I know so my my kids the the high school I only have one in high school, but I guess the classes they have and they um, offer they actually have one that has to do with like balancing checkbooks and stuff. Even though checkbooks are kind of no longer, I still think it's a good class to have because whether you're ba- or balancing a checkbook or just balancing your money through your bank account. It's kind of the same thing, right? Falls in the same lines. So I think it's, it's really good to have because I know when I was younger, so when I was real little, we had no money. And then as I became a teenager, my dad was became really successful and really spoiled us as children, but he never taught us how to manage our money. So even though I started working at the age of 15, as soon as I got my paycheck, it was like, oh, new skateboard, oh, new shoes, mm, new, yeah. you know, and I wanted to blow every single penny I had earned that last two weeks right away. Mm-hmm. And that is a terrible habit to fall into. Like mm-hmm. it, it really is. Cause then once I was out on my own and real bills started coming in, like, you know, we had rent or at, you know, I only was a couple of years after I graduated, I owned a home. So mm. mortgage came along and insurance and vehicle insurance and car payments and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it was just like overwhelming. Cause then it was like, well, when do I get to have my fun stuff? You know what I mean? Right. And I had no clue on what to do. And it, it took some, some real kick in the balls to be honest. Cause like sometimes I'd be like, Oh, I'll get a next check. And, and that's a, a terrible habit to fall into. And, so anyway, what I'm trying to say is it would it's just really good for kids to have that education. I wish they offered that more. Yeah, for sure. It's so it's it's very empowering to know how to use your money. Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been absolutely so much fun and I appreciate this and I've been waiting so long cuz I think we booked this way back at the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. So you are a very, very busy individual and I appreciate <laughs> you so much for coming on. I do have a lightning round I like to do with my guests if you're open to Ooh, that. Love that. I love that. Awesome. Love being spontaneous. Okay. So my first question is, if you won the lotto, what would be your first purchase? Um, a sex club. Ooh, I like that. Never <laughs> had that answer. That's amazing. <laughs> I want to have one. Yeah. What is your biggest pet peeve? Um, biggest pet peeve is rude people. That Yep. I agree with that. That is one of mine mm-hmm. as well. It's terrible. Uh, like, come oh. on, be nice. 
Exactly. There's no reason to be rude all the time. People mm-hmm. can, I think that people are allowed to have a bad day, but mm-hmm. when you make your life a bad day, like there's like, it's just no fun. No. no fun. And you know, actually my pet peeve is people who are rude to waiters. Yes. Absolutely. I'm so, I'm ashamed that I'm sitting next to you. <laughs> I know. I agree. hundred percent. They work so hard and for yeah. very little money and expect a decent hospitality tip from you. And right. Yeah, if you're just rude, I mean, that's no fun. All right. (laughs) Who is your celebrity crush? Um, Megan Thee Stallion. Ooh, okay. Now, (laughs) living in L.A., what part of L.A. do you live in? Downtown L.A. Okay. So I lived in Hollywood for a year, and then I lived in Burbank for a year. Um, Mm. I moved out there after college, and I got a job editing movies and TV shows. So mm. I, I was, I mean, Hollywood, I was like, yes, I'm going to Hollywood, but Hollywood wasn't that great. <laughs> so no. I lived there for a year. Yeah. But Burbank was beautiful. I actually really enjoyed Burbank. Burbank is and, really nice. It's residential. There's a lot of big mm-hmm. like production houses. Yeah. And that was my question, I guess. I ran into quite a few celebrities when I was living out there. Part of it was, you know, I was working with them, but there would be times I was walking down the street and I would just run into this huge movie star. And have you, have any, has anything like that happened to you? I, I mean, not technically. I saw them from very far away. Mm. I saw, um, gosh, what's his name? Ben Steeler. Oh, from very far away, but I didn't like run into him, you know, like it's not like I can take a selfie. Like I saw him from very far away. But the fun fact is I live one block away from where Johnny Depp used to live. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So his building, I want to show you, is yeah. right there. The Eastern, the green building. Oh, okay. Wow. Is that, is this from your house right now? Yeah. That is amazing. What story do you live on? Uh, 28. That is so cool. That is amazing. It's nice. I love it. I love it right now. When we have children, I'm going to want like backyard and house sure. and all of that. But right now, yeah, because we're both young adults and we're just hustling. So downtown is great. Yeah, that's amazing. And especially, I mean, at night, I bet the city lights is just beautiful. Oh, it is. It's so, it's orgasmic. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. I love having sex on the balcony. That's what I, I was going to ask. I don't care who sees. People always ask me, like, are you not afraid of, like, your nudes or sex tape? I'm like, hell no. I This is what I teach. If I'm ashamed about my body being, pop, like, th- I'm not ashamed. If someone wants to leak it, that person's an asshole. Like, that person will get backlash, not me. Okay. And when you said sex tape, do you have one out there? Or is that something that... <laughs> And I'm not asking, I'm just curious because you brought it up. Is that leaked or is that something you just... Is everyone going to be looking it up? (laughs) Well, not if... We don't have to say it if you're not comfortable with it. That's fine. Uh, No, I'm comfortable. No, I don't. I don't think there's anything on the internet. Although um, I have like Google Manager Mm. and it tells me what people search about me. And (laughs) a lot of people have tried to search like Dr. Tara Love Bites leaked nude or like leaked sex tape or something like that i don't think i have one out there if there is it's fine it's probably super bomb (laughs) but i don't think i have one out there we do uh we do take some but we we do it very old school we take them on like old school device 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and I wasn't trying to be intrusive or anything. Oh, like not that. at all. I love intrusive stuff. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting and I don't find it un. I'm not surprised, I guess, that people are looking you up on Google that way because when you have a career where you constantly talk about it and you're that experienced with everything, it, of course, people are going to be like, oh, my God, like this, this is my dream woman. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? People keep so, asking me to start OF. I'm like, no, I don't have enough jobs. I have like so many jobs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I completely got off. Um, what do you want to be remembered for? The person that has helped a lot of people have better sex life. Awesome. If you could go anywhere in the world on a two week vacation, where would you go? Mm, probably just back to Paris. Oh, okay. Oh, so you've been before? Yeah, I've been many times and it's just always so fun. And if you want it to be relaxing, it can be relaxing. If you want it to be like clubbing and party, it can be that too. So it's okay. really nice. And as a professional in this field, is it as sexy and romantic as everybody makes it out to be? Yes, it really is. It's so sexy okay. and romantic. One place though for fun sex trips is Amsterdam. Really? Sex work is legal. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I ha I coach some couples that I help them basically like once a year, they organize their sex trip and they go to Amsterdam and they like go have sex with other people. Like no consequences because it's like all legal, all clean. It's like so professional. You go in, there's an iPad and you like select a, a person and you're escorted to the room and you have the room for like two hours and then you're done. So... I basically I've taught a lot of people like there are so like so much variety out there in the world and whatever you desire there is some form of it yeah. so and they yeah so they if actually, you're if you kind of want like a half have a freaky trip you'd go to Amsterdam okay and they actually have something like that in uh in Nevada so there are mm -hmm. certain parts of Nevada that have legalized prostitution and it's what uh, have you? I'm sure you've heard of it, the Bunny Ranch. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that yeah. guy was running for mayor, the owner. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I know what his first goal would be to legalize it <laughs> statewide. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, but it's only that one little place. Because at first I thought it was all Nevada, so I saw that there were some sex workers in Vegas. But my friend said yeah. it's it's illegal in Vegas. Right. Yeah, it is. It's only that one little area and that's why they mm -hmm. built it. It's kind of like in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So you have to, I mean, if it was legal in Vegas, like I'm sure he would have built it, you know, right next to the strip because they would have yeah. had nonstop people coming in and out. You Ooh, know? It would but, be so yeah. profitable. <laughs> oh yeah. But I'm sure those poor <laughs> girls would, <laughs> they would be a big the, turnover. The rate, Bunny Ranch though, I thought at first, like when I heard it um, about like eight or 10 years ago, I was like, eh, that sounds like, that sounds sketchy. But then I saw it. I'm like, wow, it's actually pretty nice. And I looked up uh, like the, the actors, like the models that are there, the workers. Mm -hmm. um, they're attractive. So I'm like, wow, what mm -hmm. is this place? It's a tiny little magical place in America. 
Yeah, I remember back in the early 2000s, they actually had a documentary on it on HBO, and I watched it, and it was like, it was so interesting because you walk in, and basically they hand you a menu like you're at a restaurant, and it has all kinds of different fantasies and different Oh, is it like, is it like missionary, doggy, anal, BDSM, dominatrix? Like, yes, yes. All of that. And basically once you choose that, then they have all the girls line up and they're like, choose one, choose 10, however many you want. And and then you just, they take you up to whatever room and, and they want to, I'm assuming you pay first because that would only Mm -hmm. make sense. I'm sure you pay first. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And then, uh, and then they perform whatever you ordered. It's pretty crazy. Like, and I don't know if it's the same way now. That was when I saw that documentary, but it was really interesting. I'm like, wow, that's really a thing. That's crazy. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's awesome. I mean, I hope that these girls are there because it, they chose this job and not yeah, like absolutely. forced to be there because that would be really sad and scary. But if they yeah. choose to be a sex worker, kind of like in Amsterdam, it's very empowering. It's just a job. So yeah. um, if there is such thing for, you know, where there's like guys line up and like a woman can go choose and select the things they want, I wouldn't hesitate to go immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I know that a lot of women would. So, like, why yeah. do we have to shame men that want to try that? I agree. You know, like, I or, would want to try that. There, I want to try that with girls. But, like, I would want to try that with guys, too. But there isn't such thing. Right. That is true. Huh. Okay. Well, finally, who is your favorite TikTok creator? Oh, damn. <laughs> This is hard. I really, I like a couple of people, but let me think. Who's my favorite? Um, I would say my favorite TikToker right now is Barrett Paul. Uh, okay. He's a, a Jewish life coach. And uh, he talks about a lot about like things that are current to Gen Z's life. And I when I hear it, I hear the advice, I share it with my students because young people have different struggles and I like hearing the advice from him and I like sharing it with my students. Uh, he's also like, he's so animated. Like his face is so animated. Like I love watching him. Um, and he's actually going to be on my podcast talking about toxic masculinity versus healthy masculinity. Um, mm. so it will be fun. That's amazing. Well, Dr. Tara, this has been absolutely amazing and so interesting. And it's really cool to get a female side, especially at a professional level with some of these topics. And I am so excited to hear your podcast. And I'm so excited to continue watching you grow on TikTok, continue watching your business grow and see what comes out of it in the future. Thank you so much for having me. This has been orgasmic. Oh, I love to hear that. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a, a fantastic day. We'll talk to you later. Tick-tocking, a tick-tocking, tick-tocking with Kevin Hughes. Oh, excuse me a moment. Whew. Need to wipe the sweat off my head after that episode. That was intense. 
and lovely and fantastic, or as she liked to put it, orgasmic. I mean, that was a lot of fun. And it was just so cool talking to someone who gets to do that for a living. It doesn't get much better than that, in my opinion. I hope you guys loved this episode as much as I loved making this episode. And, you know, as always, I'm going to have another fantastic guest for you next week right here on TikToking. So, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Bye-bye now.